Hello and welcome to CSF's annual report. This is our first run at an audio digital. And so if you are just coming here from your favorite podcast player, please go check us out online. See the images and the stories that accompany these podcasts at csfindiana.org slash annual report. And if you are coming from the website, thanks for joining us. Please update your information and consider being a sustaining donor. Enable ministry here on campus for the next 51 years. Thanks for tuning in. So here, here are, here's my fundamental question. Okay. So you grew up in Ellettsville. Yes. How far from campus? Um, like 20 minutes, probably. And so as a sophomore, what are the communities that you're, tell me about, tell me about church communities. So, mm-hmm. so just say that whole thing that you said outside again. So I started at South Union my sophomore year of high school. And I was there until all through last year, and then switched to Sherwood at the very beginning of this summer, mostly because I started the book club Ooh, with yeah. Ben Geiger, and we read Everybody Always by Bob Goff. All right, tell me, I've read Love Does by mm-hmm. Bob Goff. Have you read that yes. one? Yes. Okay, so compare Love Does to Everybody Always. Um. So the love does I liked everybody always more than I liked love does but I did like really like love does I read that when I was when did it come out probably my junior year of high school I read that junior or senior year and that one I think mostly focuses on just how to love in action mm-hmm. and like take those extra steps towards people and then everybody always kind of expands on that and it's like you're already loving in action, but how are you loving the people that are hard to love? So, like, you're taking it that extra step, and how are you loving the people that you think are your enemies or the people that you don't consider your enemies but that you just don't talk to and you just kind of avoid? So, yeah, it really builds on that. It's, it's good. Do you feel like through that process, alongside those people this summer that you grew Yes, How? definitely. I think we kind of <laughs> uh, brought up just different aspects of life and um, how we act, like perform differently in some aspects of our life than others. So like work communities, home communities, like mm-hmm. school communities and how like I give the example um in my work community, if someone asked me to do something, I'm like, of course, yes, like so eager to do it. And then at home, my mom asked me to do the dishes and it's different story. It's not the same. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay, if I have to, like complaining about it. And we're just kind of talking about how do we make ourselves like even through all of those communities and you're loving people no matter what situation you're in. And um, like you see people on the street and you don't want to make eye contact and that that book just kind of changes your perspective and everyone deserves to be loved Mm. and no one appreciated and so that's cool yeah it really helps you it's like the intrinsic value of Mm -hmm. of being a human (laughs) (laughs) which is that everybody always deserves Mm -hmm. that that's good all right so the sixth 
Yes. I well, just started. I've been there two times now. Okay. And I'm with, well, the first time I was with junior girls, and then last time I was with freshman girls. Oh, and yeah. I got along very well with both groups, but I think I'll be placed in freshman girls. So as you are a woman with wisdom, <laughs> and you look at these sweet 14-year-olds, yeah. 15-year-olds, mm -hmm. what yeah. do you see? First I see my sister, because she's 15. So... I think uh, I see our relationship and how we've grown so much like since I've gone to college probably because we're probably not in the same house anymore <laughs> constantly bickering but um, just like as I'm learning she's also learning so we're able to kind of like share that together and she's as she's getting so much more mature she's going through the same things I went through in high school so it's fun to just kind of talk to her about that and see where her heart's at like I talked to her on the phone the other day just about like her friend groups and what she's going through and different events that I did when I was in high school and just to hear her perspective is so fun. So yeah, first I see her and then I just see like such a, even though they're only five years younger, like just a childlike faith, like so mm. much more than we have now, like what high school and like college can do to your faith, like grow it so much first of all but then also like it challenges everything you've known and like for them to not be afraid to just ask questions and like you ask a room full of college students to respond to a question and ask a question and it's just dead silence mm -hmm. and for them like oh I want to know they're so eager about everything cool. and it just inspires me to be like wow I should think of my faith like that too I want to hear I love I love that answer I love the idea of I'm confronted with my lack of childlike faith. <laughs> confronted yeah. with my lack. So what like what is it? How has faith been challenged just uh, in from freshman to sophomore? Like how have you seen yourself tested and then responding well or responding Yeah, so not so well. After well in high school I think I was very surrounded by like so many faith groups and people constantly encouraging you to pursue your faith and pursue Jesus and just like encouraging you all the time and last year I lived in a dorm so a little bit different there a lot <laughs> so, of bit different yeah so just going from that community and like moving out of my house yeah. and being on my own like I really had to make my faith my own and like CSF helped so much with that just yeah, being cool. plugged into communities that were encouraging you on a different level than they were in high school like youth group um, in high school to a small group and then like to encounter and just all the people that you're surrounded with and uh, yeah so, so I so were you like did, was it, were there hard moments yes, for you yes. okay so yeah. without right w mm, with wisdom mm -hmm. uh, with a noble with a noble uh, commentary like what were some of the hard places and how did you navigate I think um, study was definitely very hard for me because I didn't put the priority on it until I needed to and so I wasn't trained well to study by myself and I was used to <clears throat> like my pastor pointing out scripture, right. my youth group leader pointing out scripture and like I diving deeper into it but when it came to me I would open my Bible and be like oh I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what to read and so I just kind of would flip through and try to find some wisdom in there and mm. like as you do it more like you hung like you have a hunger for it and you just want it more and so 
that happened to me throughout the last year, definitely. And like even throughout the beginning of this year, like just the more you dive into scripture, like how much more impactful it is to your life and how much more of your life you can see in scripture too. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. I feel, okay, so at 38 in church ministry for 15 years now, man, 16 years. I still feel that way. I still feel the more time I give, my the more attention I give to scripture, mm-hmm. like the more that I hunger for it and the opposite, the less time that I give it, the less I hunger for it. And that's yeah. like that weird dynamic, right? You would think the less time I give to it, the more mm-hmm. hunger I get, but it's actually Yeah, I think as you read more, you're like, oh, I want to know more about that, or how did that happen? So you're diving into different books and. Okay, so tell me, tell me what what it's like to go from dorm life freshman year Mm -hmm. to campus house life sophomore year. So different. Okay, I'm sure there's for the for like for the for the positive and the negative. I'm sure there's like arenas Mm -hmm. of all those good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, so last year I had a single room, which I wasn't planning on, it just happened that way. And luckily, um, one of my best friends from high school was right across the hall from me. That's awesome. Did not plan it at all, so that was definitely a God wink. And yeah, we were definitely meant to grow more last year, and we definitely did. Cool. So that was cool. And then my best friends that I had all throughout last year were in the dorms right next to me. So mm-hmm. right next to me on either side and then diagonal from me across the hall. That's awesome. And so two of them were Christian or one of them was a Christian and the other two weren't. And so that definitely challenged me like when I was spending so much time with them, like, Oh, how am I reaching out to them in my faith without being like, do, are you following Jesus? <laughs> and like without being so explicit about it. And I think I was just through loving them well and, Asking the tough questions. <laughs> and, I love it. Yeah, but as I uh, got more involved in CSF, I definitely was like learning how to be a disciple to them more. Yeah. And uh, to be a disciple to non-Christians, it can be challenging. So yeah, I definitely learned about that. Cool. And um, but just from moving from a dorm where you're not surrounded by other Christians that are like encouraging you and pushing you in the right direction, like. There's many times where I was not, like, asked to do good things, asked to go party (laughs) and, like, things that weren't good influences, but um, moving into the house, like, it's just, the community's so good, and it's not just people, like, that are your friends and acquaintances and asking, oh, how are you? Hey, Lauren, what's going on? But it's like, how's your mom? How's your sister? Mm. Like, how are the things that are going on in your life? Because you've sat down and had those conversations and you just feel so known by that community. So That's yeah, awesome. it's a lot different. And then also just being in a house, it's so like homey, like so much more than a dorm. <laughs> like I had a single cold, tiny little room and now like I have a roommate that I love and, uh, and yours, your room friends. is decked out. Yeah. Like, it's it beautiful is. up yeah, there. Thank I you. Have been... <laughs> we love it. Yeah. That's cool. It's been great so far. That's so cool. Um, uh, along that line um, of of home, what's it like to come, be a freshman and summoning up the bravery to come to the campus house for the first time? Because we met mm-hmm. on like one the of very, your very, very first, first day. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I remember 
Yeah, I remember that. So what is it like? What does it require to to put yourself out mm-hmm. and to and to step into the unknown? Yeah. Right. Like, uh, it was well, it was a little bit less scary because I had like invitations there. So Bonnie, my small group leader, oh, now I had Bonnie. her all last year and this Get year. Yeah. And uh she was my small group leader for CIY my senior year in high school, awesome. and so she talked about CSF a lot. And shout I out didn't to even, Bonnie! Uh, yeah, oh shout out to Bond. And Bond's ice cream drawer. Could you please tell us the <laughs> yeah. legend that is ice yeah, cream so in Bonnie Dyer's house? You walk in, and one of the first things you're asked is if you want a bowl of ice cream, <laughs> and there's free reign. It's in the bottom drawer of the freezer, and it's just stacks on stacks on stacks. <laughs> <laughs> she takes requests she keeps an eye on what people eat the most oh my and then as you as you go into the garage there's another freezer that also has a lot more ice cream what yeah. is the what is the best ice cream that bonnie owns that you have? i go for double dunker which is like the mocha cookie dough mm. chocolate thing mm-hmm. yeah or, or uh, mint chocolate chip oh, classic. just classic yeah uh-huh. what's the weirdest I don't know. I don't go for the. <laughs> right, right. I wouldn't even. <laughs> I don't even. Know I would not even does. consider. She has lots. Of, she has a lot of classics, though. Strawberry chocolate. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know. Shout I don't know about the weird ones. I know. I yeah. love her. All right. So anyway, so she yes. had invited you. Um, <clears throat> so okay. So from my perspective, mm-hmm. whenever I meet someone new uh, coming to the canvas house, my what I do is I look them in the eye. But then I try to turn almost immediately and stand shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. and to look out at the crowd or whoever's there and say, who do you know? Mm-hmm. And so you knew Bonnie. I think I remember you doing that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that I knew my, one person and the go-to. person I was with that yeah. I got along. Yeah. It's incredible. So what's it like to, again, just, but it takes bravery mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. And so now what's it like to invite someone? It's fun, and I can kind of see myself and them like the oh I don't really know that many people that go there, or I don't know anyone that lives there like other than me who's right. inviting them. Uh, but I think now that I'm so comfortable with it there, like yeah. I just like try to encourage them as much as I possibly can and tell them like oh you're gonna be with me like I'll take you around I'll show you my room like it's so different living in your ministry because like that's your home too Mm. and not just a place you go and worship so to be able to take them in and show them my bedroom and then take them downstairs to the great room this is where we have encounter like it's it's really fun yeah that's so good that's so good so uh Lauren and I for the podcast listeners for everyone out there enthralled like your mom and 12 others. Um, yeah, we were sitting out. I have pestered Lauren for two weeks, <laughs> yelling out the, <laughs> yelling out of my office as she walks past and chasing her down the steps <laughs> as she goes to the parking lot. Hey, when are we going to sit down? Yeah. Uh, what is it like to be pursued? And how do you pursue others? What does it feel like to have someone shouting at you? It feels good, usually, because you feel known and that 
you want someone wants to spend that time with you. And my love language is quality time. Yeah, so yeah. like as as soon as anyone's like, let's go do something, I'm like, okay. And just spending that time with people is really good. And I, I was just telling uh one of my friends last night that since living in the house, I've had the most coffee days I, I've ever had, ever. So it's fun to just be able to sit down with people and have those quality conversations awesome. that sometimes you don't have just passing by. Yeah. But um, I think like throughout the past year, having those people pursue me like encourages me to pursue other people. and gives me that bravery like oh well if someone can ask me and I can go like it's not scary for someone else and so um I think just starting people that I know and knowing them on a deeper level is like the first step and because it kind of breaks the barrier for you to be like well they're my close friends like I can also ask other friends too that I may not know as well and so doing that and what's your go-to question like when you grab coffee with someone like what how do you how do you get past the weather so i normally just ask how their day went first and then kind of pick a detail out of there and be like Mm -hmm. oh well how was this or if they had a test talking about how was that test and then talking about the class and talking about what they're interested in or why they are here and where they're living who they're friends with and just kind of picking like those small details and going further into them and I think a lot of conversations often lead to like oh what relationships are you pursuing right now uh like friendships Mm -hmm. like romantic relationships family and so like from there you can just talk forever because people are amazing so um yeah everybody always yeah (laughs) I really try to get to the yeah that's cool. So you go from from mm, weather, yeah. how's your day, whatever. Yeah. But your connect is typically relational. Mm-hmm. I like that. So we were sitting outside at the poorhouse, and you started talking about community, which is mm-hmm. totally relational. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> and I was like, let's go yeah. podcast right now. So my thing is, I always want to get to the emotional, mm-hmm. spiritual realm. Yeah. Uh, yeah so what's as you look forward through the rest of the semester and in sophomore year like what does your faith where if you had a crystal ball like where's your where are you growing and who do you become I think my one of my goals for this year is to just become more bold in my faith Mm -hmm. and to be a better disciple and to disciple other people because sometimes that's scary for me to put like you really have to be vulnerable whenever you're discipling with other people because they want to see what you're going through in order for them to tell you what they're going through and so that is definitely scary sometimes like especially with people that aren't your friends or that you don't know very well and just kind of saying like this is what's happening in my life yeah. if you want to tell me about what's happening in your life like right. I'm all ears so just being bold and not being afraid to uh, just take that first step and in inviting right. people in and into your heart. Yeah. yeah. That was exactly the word in my head was when you say boldness, it's I'm willing to go first. Mm-hmm. And you said that, take that first step. Yeah. That's super cool. And then you've got a couple different arenas where you're doing that. You have a campus house culture you have a friend group culture, uh, six, mm-hmm. the high school culture. Uh, which one requires the most boldness? 
The six high school students are scary. <laughs> are they? Yes, they are. They're intimidating sometimes. They just stand around in little crowds. You kind of have to interject yourself, which is scary. I know I was like that as a high schooler. I was probably like, who are these college students? Who do they think they are coming up in, in my conversation? But yeah, that's definitely scary sometimes. But I think as soon as you show them who you are they're not scared anymore and they know they can trust you and open mm-hmm. up to you so yeah and just starting with the simple conversations yeah. i think like what high school do you go to right it's a good one and i always get north or south then i say edgewood and they're like okay <laughs> so yeah it's fun to just be from this town too and i thought it was like edge tucky i thought that's what they call it yeah it could be called that honestly <laughs> We did have the truck line, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. There's there's an element of faithfulness that I need in my my personal spiritual life, so that way I'm whole, so I can be faithful to someone who I'm giving my time and attention Mm -hmm. to. So within your spiritual world, kind of beginning. so boldness was a was a looking out like who are you growing to mm-hmm. become internally like in your faith like what as you look at time with God mm-hmm. and time in quiet this is your chance to be vulnerable yeah. with me <laughs> uh i think like i was talking how you very first mentioned just Finding time for rest and not letting those whispers in my ear saying, you have to be successful, you have to be busy, you have to be doing something at every second um, is really, really hard for me. And like I just uh, <clears throat> had to end a babysitting job that I've been close, she's three years old and I've known her for half of her life and um, just kind of like I didn't have time anymore and I had to pour my life into other things and... Um, just kind of saying goodbye to that relationship was really hard so that's just one example mm-hmm. but just saying like knowing what to say no to and knowing what to say yes to and I think <clears throat> recently it's been I realized like yesterday in church actually I had a moment of this funny we have to talk about this I had a yeah, moment I of, hear it. of clarity like uh, we were praying during communion or I was praying and I was too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, I didn't know what the sermon was going to be about at that time, but I was just praying that I would start listening to God more and what he had to say and not what everyone else had to say because I always find myself being like, what should I do? Like to my friends and my family especially. And um, just listening to every other voice except for God's. And so uh, I was just praying for that. And then the entire sermon was about listening to God and what he has to say. And I was like, well, that was no coincidence. So, yeah, and like, and knowing what to say yes and no to, just praying and finding that time for rest and really listening to what he has to say and not mm-hmm. what everyone else is telling me to do and what the world is telling me to do and what I want to tell myself I should do. And so, yeah, just finding time for rest and finding clarity in God's words and not mm-hmm. everyone else's words. Good. As you say it, this is back to that emotional level. Like, what do you feel as you say? Scared. Clear, <laughs> Scared, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I find myself sometimes, like, questioning God, just, like, me trusting God. And I'd like to say I trust Him with my life, my heart, like, every part of me. But 
whenever I do look to him for these answers that I think are going to change the span of my life, like, I'm like, oh, do I trust? And so it's kind of like a reality check. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just knowing to trust him with everything and not just what you want to trust him with or you think he can handle and that you know that he can handle everything. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels weird to say out loud, I bet. Yeah. God, can you handle <laughs> these questions? Yeah, that and I'm inside asking? you know, but then you're praying. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just ask for the things I know that you'll say yes to, or right. that you're gonna give me a very clear answer on. And sometimes the answer is that He's not giving you an answer right now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely learned that also within the last year. Just like, oh God, give me an answer. I just want clarity. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just kind of have to go through it in order to get that clarity. One of my favorite passages of scripture is immediately about that it's um uh deuteronomy 8 i think it's um it's god looking at the israelites and he says do you know why i led you through the desert for 40 years to humble you and test you and to see your heart and like there's this reality that i just have to move through the waiting like i'm waiting for an answer but it's not a it's not a static wait. Mm-hmm. I, I walk while I wait. It's a 40-year victory lap in the ugh, wilderness. Gross. Yeah. I prefer answers to come a little more quickly than... Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to stop everything and wait for an answer. And Okay, I'm not going any further until yeah. I know about this. So, yeah, continually going through things yeah. and waiting for answers as you're going through it. Yeah. Walk while I wait. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, keeping ask like I keep asking for clarity and hope, you know. At the same time, I'm faithful. Ooh. I have a friend named Trent who said, "I wish God would just hit me with a brick," and it says yes or no, mm-hmm. and it would be painful. Yeah, and it, it might kill me, but at least I would know one way or the other. And yeah. when the brick doesn't come, I have the freedom to choose. And he mm-hmm. said that one's more scary than the brick. Yeah. Because I don't want to get it wrong. And, yeah. There's an analogy in everybody always about uh, waiting for all the green lights. And we talked about that a lot. Okay, tell me, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, so basically he just say, he says... Um, Bobby Goff. Yes, Bobby Goff. Whenever you're waiting for an answer from God or just praying for clarity, like you can't wait for all of the green lights because that's never going to happen. So eventually you're just going to have to trust and keep going, keep walking through what you're going through and like in that season of life and like they'll come later and they're not, you're not going to get all the green lights in order to say yes or no to something. Like you just have to go for it. That's so good. So immediately I'm drawn to Acts and I'm going to say 16 but or maybe 18, but there's this chunk where Paul, like Paul, right? I mean, the dude that wrote Mm -hmm. the New Testament, the majority of it, he's like, three times I tried to get into Asia and like God just would not let me. Like there's, he did not have the green light to go do the thing that he thought was ultimately what's his to do. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like as passionate and as hope-filled as he was, it just wasn't his to do. And that balance of, oh, still have to choose and yet I'm waiting. Oh. And so as he tried, angel with a flaming sword, no big deal. Yeah. 
Kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you don't ever see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so good. All right. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Easy, right? Yeah. I didn't stop it. We're still going. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <teasing>. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren.